follow-up question about that. So WorldCat <laughs> is actually, it's actually a catalog. It's a catalog in the sense of, of the you can see. In the world? That have been cataloged. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Amanda's fangirling. Obviously, it's not going to what have. What are the limits every... of World Cat? That's sure, like, absolutely. Let's meant. talk about World Cat. <laughs> what is the number? Uh, the number? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. Welcome to Book Fair. We help thoughtful women find wholesome, life-affirming books for themselves and their families. Are you tired of picking up the latest new release and finding it full of junk you don't want in your life? You are in the right place. This show shares curated content and we do it together within a fun, book-loving community. So pull up a chair at the table and join the feast. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Book Fair. We are super excited today to be joined by another guest who is a librarian. Our favorite people. That's right. Our first librarian on the show. We have thought about having a librarian for a little while, and I am Goodreads friends, we've talked about Goodreads before, with this woman. Her name is Jessie Wakefield, and if y'all think I read a lot, she reads like 150 (laughs) to 200 books a year, so she's like finishing a book like every other day. So I really enjoy watching what she's reading, and we chat back and forth about things on Goodreads. Mm -hmm. So when we talked about a librarian, I thought, let's have Jessie. So Jessie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. I like I said, I'm nervous, but it's like a good, exciting nervous. So I appreciate it. Oh, good. Uh, we're, we're so, so excited glad to have you're you. Here. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I know Jesse from college too. Mm-hmm. So it's really great to get to see you and talk to you again. Yeah, seeing your face, Amanda, has just been the best. Yeah. Oh, ditto. <laughs> Fun. So Jesse, tell us a little bit about you and how you got to be a librarian. Sure. This is a meandering Byzantine tale of sorts. Um, (laughs) uh, My name is Jesse Wakefield. I live in Illinois right now with my husband and my two kids and my mom lives with us. So we have a multi-generational family here uh, in the household. Um, I was kind of talking with the rest of these ladies, the ladies here that I was kind of later getting into things in life, kind of a later bloomer than a lot of people. So I, I spent a lot of time in college, not knowing what I wanted to do. Um, so I, but I, I got my, I got my bachelor's in art history because that was a passion of mine. It was a legit passion. It wasn't a, um, well, I don't know what to do, so I'll do this. It it was a passion. And the more I got to do the research for my degree, the more I realized how much I enjoyed myself in the library doing that research. And ultimately my, my, my big, big goal was to, um, work in an archives and a museum. That was oh. the reason, that was what I really, really wanted to do. Um, so after I got my bachelor's, I decided, okay, I have an art history degree. I love my art history degree. I'm not going to get a job with my art history degree. So I need something else. Um, so that was when I decided I'm going to go get my master's in library and information science. So I went and did, I did my archival studies. That is what my track in school was, was archival and special collections. Um, I've worked in many different archives. I've actually helped build the, um, from the ground floor up, I helped build the um, Allstate Insurance Archives in Northbrook, Illinois. 
Cool. I did that right out of college. Um, but the closest I ever got to my dream job was I did have a practicum working at the Art Institute of Chicago. So for wow. six months, yeah. I got to go into the archives um, and get my hands on the stuff and do cataloging. And it was it was really, really amazing. And then my husband's father died and we or got really, 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 really sick. And my husband is the only child. His mom died a long, long time ago. So it was just been uh, my dad and my husband or his dad and his and my husband for a long time. So we moved to Iowa to be with him to care to take um, care basically at the end of his life. I think I made up a word there in that sentence, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And while we were there, it was a smaller ish town in Iowa. I mean, it's big for Iowa, but very small for what I was used to. Yeah. Um, The only job that I could get was a part-time job in a public library. At the time I was like, this is such, this is amazing. Thank you so much that I can at least be in a library. Um, while we're going through this, this life altering, not planned thing as all life is. Um, and it was there that I realized I love this. I love working in a public library. Oh, wow. So after years of study, years of doing what I had planned to do, the circumstances created, uh, was created in a way that I really found what I loved. And since then I've been working in public libraries because that's, that is, I, I don't, I don't know how much I, I put stock in the word that's my calling, but it's most certainly my passion. Yeah. Well, I mean, what is a library if not a special collection? Amen. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, I feel absolutely. like you're right on track. It just didn't look like what you thought. Exactly. Yeah. That's there's cool. just a lot more, a lot more patrons in my life than what I had anticipated. <laughs> So what is your current position at the library? Um, I am currently the adult and teen services supervisor at the White Oak Library District in Lockport, Illinois. And what does that mean? Yeah, (laughs) that (laughs) mouthful means um, there's a lot of logistics to my job. Um, I do a lot of, I oversee a department that, that that doesn't just mean the personnel, but it also means the collection. So I oversee the entire adult collection, including um, teen, graphic novels, um, basically anything in our library, anything on the second floor is my domain, including the people in it. So I do a lot of scheduling. I do a lot of programming. I do a lot of collection development. I do a lot of weeding. I do, um, it's a 40 hour job that has 40 hours worth of work. No, it's a 40 hour job that has 50 hours worth of work. Um, so there's a lot of, um, uh, working through my lunch sort of, I, I'm eating, but I might also be doing something else at the same time. So you needed to like your job if you yes, were going to work yes, that much. Yes, then. absolutely. <laughs> does overseeing the adult collection, does that include fiction and nonfiction? Yes, that includes both, wow. both of them. Um, this is this probably the smallest library. It, it's, a, it's a suburban library, so it's not like you're rural. There's only you know a couple thousand books on the shelf. It's, it's, it's larger than that, but it is the smallest library, that, public library that I've worked in. So coming from, from other larger libraries to this one, it, it seems a lot more manageable to me. Wow. I've, I have never wondered how many books are in my library before. That's an interesting thought. How many are at your library? She said the number. Um, district wide millions district wide, because we have three branches in our district, all in different, um, different cities. 
Um, because also with public libraries, there's as many different types of public libraries as there are private libraries. Um, I know some people have a very firm belief of where funding comes from and what, um, what a public library is, but there are some, like I live, I, I work in a district, which is three totally different cities. So it's just, we're, we're working together to help, um, disperse, um, our collection to a broader broader amount of people. And some people are like, I also worked in a city library, which was a city government position um, when I lived in um, Sioux City, Iowa. So that that's also a little bit different. Um, there are some things that a district, a district library can do that a city library cannot do, for instance. Um, one of the things, and this is just the first thing that popped off the um, top of my head, um, a district has, uh, can, can um, provide uh, adult beverages at programming. A city, a city library cannot. So it's just hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of laws. There's a lot of legal about uh, what one public library can do, but what another one cannot do. Um, and I've lost the thread on what the question was, <laughs> and I just kept talking. <laughs> no, you're doing great, and I I would imagine that that even varies from state to state. One hundred percent, absolutely. And district to district, even within a state. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yep. Diversity, yeah. A lot of How diversity, many... a lot of different places where um, and most people would be think funding when we, in a conversation like that. So okay. funding comes from a lot of different places. You said when you first worked in a public library, you realized, I absolutely love this. This is my passion. What mm-hmm. is it about working in a public library that you love so much? I truly love helping people. Um hmm. I don't know what that sounds like. I don't know if that sounds like a humble brag. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that sounds like. All I can tell you is that I get fulfillment out of helping people. And I get a whole lot more fulfillment helping somebody get a job than I did helping a researcher find that one paper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth, you have a story about that kind of. I was just going to say, so my husband, a couple of years ago, was his position had been canceled and moved overseas, not canceled, but transferred overseas. So he was looking for a job Mm -hmm. and he just kind of thought, I thought this was so great. I'm just, I'm going to go to the public library. I don't remember if he was going, I don't think he was going every day, but he was going a couple times a week and it was funny. He ended up knowing some people there and sometimes it would be a little chat. Sometimes it would just be his quiet time. Sometimes it's like, I'm actually going to be looking for a book, but he got to notice in all the different services that are at the public library that are not here. Do you want this book? And one of them was a career help career. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. losing the word van would be there occasionally. And he said, you know, I don't know what kind of jobs they help people get. I'm thinking it's not going to be what I'm looking for, but I'm going to go talk to him. And he said, well, you're right. Typically, I'm not helping people with what you're looking for, but I do have some information for you. And that information was that he could go back to grad school on a grant totally paid for. You want to talk about life-changing information that was free at the public library? And so from there, he was like, hold on, hold on, because this, you're right, this isn't what I normally do, but I but I'm supposed to. Um, and he flips through, finds some paperwork. Charlie fills out, gets a grant, and he gets his master's in economics at the University of Florida. 
paid for because his position was transferred overseas. So it's like, we know that you're a working person, you're an intelligent person, you have been useful in the past. We want to invest in you and get you back working. And that's amazing. He had wanted to go back to school for years and we just kept thinking like, eh, it's not a good time. Free at your public library. (laughs) I, I think probably one of the things that I say the most is, whoa, whoa, whoa. Libraries are way much more than books. Yeah. So even if you don't, even if you don't like reading, I get that. I know some librarians who don't like reading. Um, so I get that if you don't enjoy reading, the world takes all types and, and the world is more colorful, colorful place because of it. Um, but don't think that because you don't like reading, there's nothing for you at the library because, oh, you can fill your entire day and never pick up a book. Yeah. So tell us. All the things, like even when you just said, <laughs> I help people find a job, like even right. I know a lot of the things libraries do, but I would not have said librarians help people find jobs. So mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. things do you help people with and what kinds of programs should we look for? Um, well, this, again, this goes back to funding. So every library will be different. Um, sure. Uh, our, our district is really, really, really heavy into programming. Um, meaning you don't know what you want to do on a Tuesday night, come to the library and see a program on um, the history of the Beatles or come to the library and learn how to, we have like Excel classes or word classes, or um, I have somebody on my staff who's going to do, start doing a program of iPhone, intro to iPhone for seniors, intro to Android for seniors. Perfect. Um, those, those sort of things. It's, a lot of the times we see what are we, who's coming in? What is the need that keeps coming over and over again? We can do something about that. Um, a lot of it, a lot of it is informational. A lot of it is tools to make you a stronger citizen, tools to make you a more well-rounded person, tools to help you um, just become a version of yourself that you weren't six months ago. Um, but we also do things there, my, 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 uh, our director at times goes, well, 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 just, just entertain them. Sometimes all they want to do is be entertained. So we'll have musical guests come in sometimes in programming. Um, those, those are the sort of things we do with programming. Um, there is also, um, one of my positions that I was before this was I was the local history and genealogy librarian. So I would do genealogy work. I would go to the courthouse and get, um, look through vital records to help people find out lots and lots and lots and lots of different things. I, I, I remember doing it one time for somebody um, doing research for somebody who wanted to prove that this person was actually their granddaughter. And I was able, I was able to find the paperwork to, to help them out with that. Um, Other things that we provide are, and I, I'm trying to stay totally away from books at this moment and just kind of doing the yeah, other, talking about right. the other things. Um, we do outreach, which brings uh, content to a lot of uh, retirement homes. And that includes like dating over 50 or a board game night or um, things like that. It's, it's, I mean, yeah, books are involved in that too. We bring books to them, but it's, it's more just keeping active, keeping your brain active comes in so many shapes and we've tried to provide that as, as, as much as we can. Um, we do things like, uh, crafts. We do so many crafts. Some crafts are, <laughs> are come in, we provide everything and we're just doing this one thing. 
or a craft could be like, we're going to teach you how to weave. Um, so it's, it's, I, I, I find it hard to, to believe that there isn't something, something that anybody can find interesting. Yeah. My local okay. library has a like robotics lab yep. I've seen before where se- several times a week they have, you can go in and learn how to code or do yeah robotic things mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know it's it's amazing yeah so what i'm hearing is that there's a lot of potential for really heartwarming and life-changing interactions with people which means this is a really untapped resource for reality tv shows like where are they on this they have if been you, sleeping if you on the libraries think, if you don't think i've already got the first three episodes scripted in my head it is already I just need to put it on paper no it is it's it's one of these things it could never be a reality television show because privacy is too much of a of a cornerstone of public libraries but a scripted show I know that there is one good one yeah I know that there is one uh, a scripted show that was done in Australia because just just for your information Australia is only behind the United States in terms of the amount of public libraries in their country hmm. Um, hmm. they are they have as many library schools as the United States does Australia is next in line if not parallel to just the mass amount of libraries um, so I know that there was a show in Australia and I know that there's that Noah Wiley librarians uh, movie series I've never watched those <laughs> not that I have anything against them but I haven't seen those yet but Oh, yeah, I've there is definitely, you've seen a few. Yeah, <laughs> there are definitely, um, yeah, it's the, the market is ripe for a library, like the office or Parks and Rec style show. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yes, yeah. yes. I was totally thinking like we need Leslie Nope's sister in on this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I was kind of thinking of this idea of when I started realizing there was so much more than books that, you know, our societies don't operate off of, we go and share a well in the center of our community anymore, but like, isn't the library a well of so many different things that we go to and share? Um, My husband ran into a kid that was cutting school one time at the library during his library time when he was going often. And he ended up forming this really great friendship with this kid that he didn't know where else to go because what was open. People thought he was at school and he was at the library, which I'm like, look, that's a great place to start if you don't want to be at school. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the variety of people that, and we have our regulars, we definitely have, um, I don't know about the word relationship, but, um, there are definitely people who come into our libraries every single day that we are like, Oh, Hey Jerry, how's your mom? Or, Hey, oh it's goodness. like, it's, it's, it's cheers basically. Norm, yeah. you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. Um, but quieter, so, no, but quite, yeah. But quiet. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, there were, when I lived in Sioux city and I worked, uh, Sioux, Sioux city library is, uh, is an urban library. And we had a lot, a lot of unhoused, um, patrons who would come in every day because it is the only place where you can legally loiter. Loiter, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and in fact, if you're here and, and you're not asleep, but you're you're maybe looking at the newspaper or or this that or the other. Um, yeah, we're happy to see that you're here. We're happy that you're safe. We're happy mm-hmm. that you're warm. Yeah. Um, and so it is. I've always always thought that a library was uh, 
the community crossroads. Mm-hmm, for sure. I lived in a closer urban area of Tam- of Tampa for a while, and we were mm-hmm. walking distance from our library when my older son was in elementary school, and we went all the time. And that's the first time I remembered what a benefit it is for unhoused people to be able to go somewhere and check their email. If they are trying to change their situation, there are are resources that they don't have, but the library Mm -hmm. does provide that. Absolutely. Which is amazing. And that was, yeah, that was one of the things I actually didn't, didn't mention in my diatribe earlier about what we offer. Um, The public computers is a lifeline for some people because if you can say, well, everybody's got a smartphone, well, everybody's got a computer, everybody's got internet access, why do we need to go to the library? Well, first of all, that statement is just categorically untrue. Um, not everybody has a smartphone. Not everybody has internet access. Um, I cannot tell you how many times I have to help somebody move the mouse, Yeah. Hmm. click something because of uh, because for whatever purpose, this is not judgmental, they are a part in their life where they d- hadn't learned those skills yet. Yeah. Guess what? They, where they can learn them now. And that's what I help do. Gosh, I'm making myself sound like a saint. No. <laughs> I don't mean to do that. <laughs> I think you're shining a light on the importance of this, this space. That- yeah. And that's, that's, that's ultimately my goal is, is, we are so much more than books. So Pasco County has a maker studio that is really neat. And I'd never considered why that would be. But when my son was first getting into music, he realized, and I'm not sure if he ever took advantage of this or not, but before you go out and buy some equipment and you want to try out a hobby, he looked, we looked up and there was within 30 minutes, there was a library that had a recording studio that you could go Mm -hmm. and try. I want a recording studio. If I had all the money in the world, and I could create my own library, there would absolutely be a recording studio for music, for podcasts, and for videos. 100%. That's amazing. Very cool. Yeah. Especially in this day and age of podcasts being such a big deal, that is that is something that absolutely belongs in the library. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. So I feel like for a lot of us book lovers, we kind of picture librarian is like a dream job. Like if I could sit in a library and, you know, shelve and curate books and help people find books and help read books to children, like that would be the dream job. So you're talking about all these things that libraries additionally do. Right. Would you say it's still a dream job for book lovers or is it so much more than that, that in order to be a librarian, you really have to have broader interests and passions than that. I think if you're going to be successful and enjoy your job, you need to have a you need to have a broader interest than just books. Um, having said that, it is the bedrock of what we are and it's one of my absolute favorite things to do is talk about books. Um, I do I, I do I do have to talk about the I don't know why this is so prevalent, but you're a librarian. Oh, it must be wonderful to read all day. <laughs> it's That's like, like going, thinking it's, I get my hair done all day because or, I do hair. Like going, like, like, <laughs> oh, you're a food server. It must be wonderful to eat all day. I mean, <laughs> it's it's kind of it's kind of this. It's, it's a similar thing. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it is. We do not read all day at all. It is not. In fact, if we are caught reading we're going to get in trouble because there's so many things that need to be done to make a working library run. Um, now, one of my favorite things to do is talk books. So 
if a patron comes up and wants to talk books with me, that is when I put everything else aside and I'm like, let's do this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think if you want to become a librarian, go in with your eyes wide open and don't have an idealized uh, thought of what you, what you think it is, because it's sometimes it is not fun, especially when you're dealing with upset patrons or mm. you're dealing with um, things that just don't work or it's, it's, there's no such thing as a dream job, sure. but there is, but there is fulfillment out of what you do. And I think that would be the best, best, maybe the best way I could describe it. So what would you say are the biggest challenges of working at a modern library? Patrons. <laughs> <laughs> it's still people. It's still people. It's people. Um, now I, I can come across a hundred patrons and 98 of them are life fulfilling interactions. And there's two of them that test your metal. I have tried very, very hard as I get older to concentrate on the 98 and not the two. Mm -hmm. um, think about my day about those 98 and not the two, and then take those interactions with the two. And okay, what did I learn? I learned that that person was hurting. How can I better interact with someone like that in the future? Um, so when I say it's patrons, it's a true answer. But I'm also, I cannot learn these life lessons without those interactions. I cannot become a better person without these interactions. Um, and I'm not just talking the things that you see in the news, in, on the news about, about things that might be happening in libraries. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about somebody who's clearly upset about something else and you don't have their book and they take out their entire life on you. That yeah. happens. That happens. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's has absolutely made me a better person in the sense of it has given me patience in ways that I, I didn't know I had in me. And that's going to be true of, I think, any job that's public facing Amen. where you work absolutely. with customers or patrons or clients, 100%. you know, you're going to have the occasional person, like you said, who maybe is just having a terrible day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there could be times where I did something wrong and they're taking it out on me. And that's when I'm going, you're right. Let me fix this. <laughs> so we had some people, um, we put a post up in our beloved book fair group and asked our members to submit questions for a librarian. So you just mentioned things that you might see on the news about mm -hmm things going on in libraries. And, you know, listeners, if you are not aware of any of this, you could do a quick Google search. Won't take long for you, you to find it. you would find plenty of examples of some of the things going on in libraries. Um, but one of our listeners, Angela, asked a question about, you know, some of these political issues coming up about people who, you know, are attacking the library in different ways. And I really like the way she finished this question where she said, if we as patrons have concerns about our library, how can we address them without tearing down the people and institutions that have served the public so well? Well, I think Angela has um, exemplified what it is to be a human oh. in the sense of mm. it's you need to communicate and you need to do it in a kind way. Um, most mm. most 
library board of directors meetings are open to the public. Um, they, they do have closed meetings, um, usually when they're dealing with like um, hiring personnel and stuff like that. But maybe once a month, you might find that your local library has a, a board meeting that is open to the public. Um, maybe start there. Maybe actually do some legwork, do some research on what it takes to make a library run. Um, build the build the relationships with these people that you clearly respect, um, and just don't don't come at things with oh I saw this on the news so everybody must be this way. Actually, get to know who these people are. It is a public space. You have the means. You have the access to see how things are run. And then once you do that, you have created a relationship with these people. And that makes it a whole lot easier to have a conversation. So one more question, just kind of about library functionality. Meredith asked, are there any hacks to getting library cards or access outside your own library system? I, I saw that question and immediately I was like, not really. But there are several urban libraries throughout the country that have open, um, you can pay for their services since you don't pay the you don't live in the area, but you can pay X amount of dollars for the year and you have everything that the Seattle Public Library has to offer. Um, I, I don't know if there's any free way of getting around um, checking out a book if you don't have a library card. Um, understand that if you love your library, circs, circulations are important. So have, making sure that you check a book out only helps your library. Um, so finding a way to get around that um, is kind of detrimental to the library. Um, I don't know if that is exactly what your what your listener was was talking about. Um, but the the best, like I said, the best thing I can think of is maybe look around to the big libraries in the country and see if they offer um, purchasing a card for a year. And there is there's so many. If if it's books that you want and you don't want to pay for them and you don't have a library card, there are so many places out there that um, there's millions of books in free domain, millions. Um, mm -hmm. Or there are books that you could get for free on Kindle. Um, it's not going to be the bestsellers, and it may not. And it's not going to be the most the most uh, most recent release. But if it's you're trying to get books, there's many many ways to um, get a free copy of something. I just learned something. I I go to these days. I'm going to the big town next door to my big town mm -hmm. um, once or twice a week for some medical care. And I was just curious about their main library. So I went last time I had a little time and I just went and looked around and explored and it was so fun and encountered a couple of librarians. They're like, do you need anything? I said, well, I don't live here, but I just come here once in a while. And I, I just want to explore and see what you had here. They're like, Oh, we're so glad you're here. Mm. You know, let us know if you need anything, you know, very, very yeah. sweet. And, I was talking to some others on the fourth floor and they were explaining to me how that county has a reciprocal relationship with my county. Yep. And yep. so I can get a library card there, even though I don't live there, if I show my county's library card. Yep. Huh. So I was very yeah, excited. Yeah, the, the reciprocal borrowing is definitely a, a big thing. Or if you are part of, of, of a consortium, um, which is 
uh, we're a library, but we also work with this public library, this public library, this public library, and this public library. And as a consortium, we have opened up our entire catalogs. So if you live in Lockport, but there's a book in Plainfield that you want, yeah, we'll get it for you. No problem. Um, and reciprocal borrowing is a little bit different than that. And that is, that is as complex as, as zoning for schools. It, it yeah. really depends on where you live. Yeah. Um, on how the reciprocal borrowing works. Yeah. Um, and one of the things like ILLs is one of the greatest inventions ever um, of, we're kind of diverging a little bit from the original question, but um, I have this library card. The book I want is in Maryland. All right. We'll ask them if they'll send it. Wow. What's the, the term that you used? ILLs? ILL means interlibrary loan. Oh, oh. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you just go to your local library and ask them if they have a book. Oh, we don't have it here. You can ask them, is there any way we can interlibrary loan it? And then they would open it up to a catalog called WorldCat. And it literally is a worldwide catalog that um, they'll see if if there is a book out there. Now, a lot of the times, uh, not a lot of the times, but there's always the possibility that this library, the lending library will be like, no, we're not, we're not sending that out. So it can't be filled, but can't hurt to ask. Try. And and the majority of them are because again, circulations help the library. A circulation of this book that's just sitting on the shelf will help the lending library if they send it to, to Florida. That's so that brings up two questions for me. Yes, ma'am. One, I am assuming that so the what I usually do when I want a book is I go on my library's website and I search for it. Mm-hmm. I am assuming I am not getting all the interlibrary loan options. I am getting no. what's in my own county. Correct. Or or consortium or cat- catalog that your or lending consortium. library is. Yeah. So if I want a book, that is something I need to either call or go into my library and talk to the librarian about. Yeah. Yes. Because there's, there's a lot of things on the okay. on the back end of things that, that need to happen. Paperwork and, and that sort of stuff. Um, because we're also dealing with postage and, and, yeah. and that sort of... Um, uh, monetary issues as well. Yeah, but it's it okay, is that makes sense. It is a something that I think is underutilized that I think should be utilized more because it is brilliant. That yeah, is that really is. good. I had yeah. no idea your county could request a book from a different county. Either. I had no idea that was a potential possibility. Yeah, it's a potential. Yeah, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. um, if it's in your consortium or in your catalog, you're going to get it. If yeah. it's from somewhere else, there's always that out chance. And and some libraries might charge a $3 postage fee or something like that. Okay. I know that our county is really good about, we, everybody has up to 10 requests for new books every month. Okay. And I do utilize that a lot and they're really great about it. Like they, they get them. Yes. Yeah. It makes me so happy. It's one of my favorite things <laughs> to put in requests for new books. And then I get an email that we purchased this and you're the first in line. And it like, like it just makes my day every time. <laughs> I know. Thank you guys. <laughs> it is something that librarians use as part of their collection development. Um, now, just because you requested it doesn't necessarily mean that they'll get it. They'll have to weigh it. Will other people right, want this sure. as well? Well, yeah, this will definitely check out. Let's get it. And I'm, uh, I know that in some libraries, that is part of budgeting is mm-hmm. recommendations by patrons. I did. The only one that has not been, a, that was um, not approved 
mm-hmm. for me was a different, a certain translation of Dante's Inferno. I'm like, well, that okay, makes sense I to see. me. They already have yeah. some, a couple <laughs> different translations. <laughs> Pretty okay, obscure. I understand that. <laughs> yeah. That- that that decision makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she said that checks out. <laughs> but Amanda, I am really curious if if you would have gone in then and asked about an interlibrary loan. Alone. I bet some yeah. library has it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's and true. Also, WorldCat <laughs> is just online. You can go on WorldCat and see what's out there in libraries. Uh-huh. So wait a minute. Um, you okay. might have so- to you might <laughs> have to like sign up for it or you might have to I'm, I'm not sure. There might be a login. Um, every time I pull it up, it automatically comes up. So, <laughs> um, but so, yeah, it's just a, it's just an internet website. So, follow up question about that. So, WorldCat <laughs> is actually it's actually a catalog. It's a catalog in the sense of, all of the you books can see in the world that have been cataloged. <laughs> um, <laughs> Amanda's fangirling. <laughs> Obviously, it's not going to what have. What are the limits every... of WorldCat? Sure, what, absolutely. Let's meant. talk about WorldCat. <laughs> what is the number? Uh, the number? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, obviously, not. Oh, as a librarian, I also have to say you cannot find everything on the internet. I want to be very clear about this. Not everything can be found on the internet. However, WorldCat. Um, <laughs> It's going to be like your universities, your public libraries. It's, there's not going to be any like private libraries in there or anything like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. you can look around the world and see who has what. And, but basically for you, it's basically window shopping. You would still have to go to your library to see if it's something that, yeah. that can be got. Can be got? Whatever. That is an amazing <laughs> tip. That's amazing. Yeah, it really is. Okay. Now I'm like all super so nervous. Like I, I go on WorldCat every day, but I'm like... I think you can just sign up for it. <laughs> if I, if yeah. I had given you this beacon and it's crushed in the future, I am <laughs> so sorry. No, that's but I know okay. a lot of patrons well, do come is... in and say, no, patrons do come in and say, I saw it on WorldCat. I'm like, okay, then it's there. I'll pull it up right that's now amazing. while we're talking. So listeners, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> So you've mentioned a couple times that circulation is good for the library. So I think this would be a great springboard question from our listener, Heidi. She asks, is it super annoying when people <clears throat> like me put like 20 books on holds? Is it less annoying <laughs> if we pick them up within a couple days? Okay. So I saw you, you sent me a few of the questions that, that came up and that one made me laugh out loud. Um, <laughs> the, okay. So maybe the 16 year old page, you may not be their favorite person. If, if they're having to pull out 20 to 30 books at a time. Um, but as, as the library goes, that we have no problems with that. In fact, we're like, awesome, we're getting the circulations. You are getting what you need. Um, and most libraries have like a week, maybe six days to a week for you to pick up your, your books. Um, whatever you can pick them up, pick them up. Just please pick them up. <laughs> I mean, um, don't have somebody pull 20 to 40 books and you never come in to get them. Um, but it's up to you. When you want to come and get them, they'll be on the shelf waiting for you. That's cool. But it's definitely something that we are happy to happy to do. I love that. So, Jesse, we do not want to let you go without asking you to do what you love, which is talk about books. So yes, one please. of our listeners asked the question, they want to know your three favorite books. I would love to know, since you don't spend all day reading at your job, how you yeah. read 
150 Mm -hmm. to 200 books a year. And just, you know, anything you'd like to talk about, about books right now. Absolutely. Um, One of the things I think, I don't know if it was you, Trisha, or if it was somebody else who asked, um, do they don't want to interrupt the librarian at the desk and talk about books or something like that? Yes, I was just going to say, I wrote this question to you because I have never asked a librarian for a book recommendation. I don't know if I just kind of feel like you're making them sad. No, you're making them sad. (laughs) sad. (laughs) No, it's, it's basically what I, if I'm at the desk, what you see me doing on my computer is only to bide my time until you have a question for me. You are my priority. You are the reason I am at the desk. You are the reason I'm at my job. This stuff that I'm doing on computer, computer is necessary work, but you are my priority. So if you come up to a librarian and want to talk books with them, um, if they're a competent librarian or if they love their job, then they will be extremely happy to help you. Um, Favorite books is a super, super hard thing for me to answer because I, my mood and my whims control my life. When it comes to um, my my consumption of entertainment, and I my favorite book today may not be my favorite book next week, or I may tell you what my favorite book is, and then in an hour later I'm like, oh, I forgot about this book, and you know it's it's those sort of things. So what I can tell you though are books that changed my life because that's more quantifiable. I was a different person when I closed the book for the last time than I when I was when I opened it up for the first. Um, yeah. And if we're just going to keep it to three, I would say um, two, there's two nonfictions and a series. Um, the Lord of the Rings series as a book, I read them before the movies came out, changed my life. Straight up. I don't even think they're the best books ever read, written. I don't. And there are parts of it that I find boring. But the, um, the concepts and the, the thought-provoking thought-provokingness? I love making up words um, of these books. Um, had changed me. We're talking about brotherhood. We're talking about love. We're talking about the importance of nature. We're talking about um, all of these sort of core things that I feel can only be portrayed in a fantasy series without say, without coming off as um, heavy-handed. Um, yeah. So the Lord of the Rings trilogies changed my life completely. Um, and then the two nonfiction books that changed me were um, Quiet by Susan Cain. Um, it's mm. uh, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. Um, I, I know I have been a, j- a jibber jabber here for the past hour, but I am to my core an introvert. Um, and it, it, that book allowed me to not just be okay with it, but see it as a superpower in some ways. Um, mm. These are the things that an introvert can do. And kind of here's how you can basically love yourself a little more and not seem lesser than because you're not the gregarious one controlling the room. Um, It helps me stop comparing myself. Um, And then finally, uh, Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson changed my life as well. Hmm. It, uh, it, that is on my list and I have not read it. It's, I even bought it from Audible. I I need to mm -hmm. bump it up. It is, again, it is a straightforward written book. It is not, it's not, the prose isn't eloquent. It is not poetic. It is just a, and then this happened and then this happened and this happened. But when I read it at the time in my life that I read it, it helped me finally, not just intellectually understand it, the, the race relationships in, in, in the United States, but it, I got it. It finally helped me get it. Um, so I, that I'm a different person for having read that book. Um, 
again, those three books changed my life. I would not say they are the best written books. I would not say that I got the most enjoyment out of them, but it is the best way for me to, to again, quantify. Um, I get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love almost everything. Not everything. Um, when, whenever there's a book about spies or the government comes in or this a CIA, I, it, I'm, I'm not into those t- sort of books. So um, your Jack Reachers or your Jack Ryans or or things like that is like they have their place and they are they give people joy. And I, I will give you that joy with this checkout, but it just doesn't do anything for me. Um, and memoirs are hit or miss for me because I don't always trust trust the person. <laughs> I thought of that. Like, yeah, I, well, I, I don't tell a pretty good story about myself. <laughs> exactly. So it's like memoirs. <laughs> memoirs are really hit or miss. Um, one of my favorite memoirs of all time is um, Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. That that could mm. be on a favorites list of mine um, because it's so funny and and insightful and it's it 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 tracks with with who I see on the Daily Show. If that makes sense. Um, well, not anymore because he's gone. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it's it's I'm all over the place. I'm all over the place when it comes to books. I probably read in fiction in the fiction genres, uh, I read the least amount of westerns. But it doesn't necessarily mean that I don't enjoy westerns. It's just it's for me, I find it hard to find a western that's different than the other westerns that I've already read. Yeah. So yeah, but I like can be a I like bit formulaic. Yeah. And there's a place for formula. I like romances. You can't get more formulaic than romances. So, I know, yeah. me too. Yeah, yeah, you cannot get more formulaic than that. Um, Jesse and I share that love. That's maybe one reason why I like your Goodreads five, your Goodreads yeah. feed because I'm like, oh, me too. Yeah, and I do. I I try when I give reviews. Sometimes I don't give reviews. I just give stars. Um, I try to yeah. do objectionable content to some. Like, if you find this sensitive, this may not be for you. Um, yeah. But uh, it, also with romances, it's super easy to skip parts <laughs> because it's so formulaic. That's what I say. <laughs> sure. That's what I say. I mean, I don't love it, but it's the simplest thing in the world to skip. It's like, oh, skip yeah. that three pages. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now I'm just thinking of books. So give that us another. Of, yeah. Give us. Yeah. Just give us two or three more of fiction books that you've read in the last year that you really liked. I'll take the pressure off the favorites word. Um, Ordinary Monsters by J.M. Miro was... It's kind of like Dickens meets a penny dreadful. And I just, I love fantasies. And if there's horror in it, it that's okay. Um, I don't like super gory stuff or, or things like that. But there's, there are a little bit of horror elements. That's where the penny dreadful comes in um, to that book. But it's just a beautifully written, atmospheric, I felt it while I, I, I sort, of, sort of book. Um, Babel by, um, is it R.K. Kwan? K-U-A-N-G is the author's last name. Um, Another fantasy, but it is a fantasy um, with uh, colonization as an undercurrent. And again, the the reason I love fantasy so much is that they can talk about very important, deep things without seeming heavy handed about it. And that's why I love fantasy so much. So that was another extraordinary book. Um, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Rachel Zevin um, made me feel like feel things. Um, It was very Mm -hmm. emotional. Anything but okay. So, I, so the author Candace Millard is a nonfiction author. Yes, and yeah, we are really and fans of her around here. I have stalked her for so long on Twitter that she finally friended me. And 
<laughs> so anything she writes, I'm not only going to love, but I'm going to to talk about. Um, and River of the Gods is, is, her, is her latest one. And of course, I enjoyed it. Um, for romances, I enjoyed um, The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy. It It's, a, again, a fantasy romance. I'm really on the fantasy mm-hmm. today, but I do read more than just that. Um, I am a massive, obsessive um, tennis fan. I love professional tennis. And there was a book that came out last year about Roger Federer um, that I just loved. Um, and then as uh, I just finished a book about Bo Jackson, the the last folk hero um, oh. that I found extremely interesting. Um, that's very cool. Yeah. And I could talk, I could, I could go longer. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, but I did, I, I want to say last year I consumed uh, maybe 156 books. Wow. Um, I am a mom, so it's not like I lock myself in my room and I don't mother it. You know what I mean, it's, I've got to find my time. I do listen to a lot of audiobooks, So that's why I say consume as opposed to read. Um, I am not one of these people who say audiobooks isn't reading. It's all consumption. It's they all, count. It, they count. They totally count. Um, but I maybe, maybe watched 10 movies all of last year. Mm-hmm. I don't think I finished a single series of anything. Um, so it's, it's not like, how do you do it? It's like, well, how much are you on your phone? How much are, do you watch television? I just, I just use that time to do something else mm-hmm. again. It's just how I choose to use my time. It is not better or worse than your time. Um, this is just, this is how I need to decompress after a day of work is I need 20 minutes by myself. And then I need to, to intake some sort of literature. It's self-care. There you go. <laughs> Reading as self-care. I love it. <laughs> well, WorldCat update. Yes. Um, WorldCat.org. Mm-hmm. And you just, you can just create an account and it's free. Yep. And they have, you can search for anything. It says for books, search for books, articles, and more. And they have this little data section here. Explore recess, resources in libraries worldwide. Books, 405 million musical scores, 10 million. So you can check out musical scores, Mm -hmm. articles, maps, sound recordings, theses, dissertations, so on. So this is really cool. Yeah. Wow. The theses and dissertation. I mean, a lot of times it's hard to find some of that. I mean, you know, for different reasons, you're looking for something, but I have had trouble finding stuff like that before. And it has a whole section on using worldcat.org for school research, even for younger students. I think I do remember seeing WorldCat when I was in college. Oh, yeah. um, Searching and researching there. So it's for all levels of research that you might need to do. And I'm glad to know that, especially being And do you utilize EBSCOhost? What? Do you utilize EBSCOhost? What is that? This is probably something you have to get through your library, but EBSCOhost is uh, the go-to place for dissertations, thesis, academic articles, um, things like that as well. Videos as well, like in, uh, educational videos as well. Um, so I would look at your library to see if they have um, any type of EBSCOhost. Cool. Can you spell that, please? E. Nope. I will, will write it down and then spell it for you. <laughs> E-B-S-C-O-H-O-S-T. Cool. Thank you. 
And if we're if we're talking about oh e-resources, that's something we haven't really talked about all that much about either. Is on your library's website, there's probably going to be some sort of e-resources there that um, will help you fix your car, or will help you get citizenship, or will help you find a job, or will help you learn a new excuse me learn a new language, or things like that. But my all-time favorite. Um, library e-resource, aside from Libby or Hoopla, where you can get books, is Novelist. If you're, hmm. it's, and that's N-O-V-E-L-I-S-T. Um, if your library has Novelist, utilize it. It will help you find a book that have read-alikes. It'll help you. I really liked how dark this book was. I want other books that have the theme of of darkness. Or I really like books where you have the unreliable narrator. So I want more books like that. So it's not just, I like fantasies. It is drilling down. This is what I liked about this book. I want more like that. So cool. Wow. I've never heard of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would, I would look into it if I, if, if I was you. (laughs) So Trisha, as we're kind of winding down here, I have one last comment and question from the Facebook group that I wanted to throw out there, but I didn't want to step on what you were doing. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm done. Okay. Okay. So this last one is from Miss Anne Marie. She says, I love my library. What's the hardest thing about being a librarian, which we've already talked about? What can we do to make their job more rewarding and fun? How can we help? Be kind. Honestly, it's, it's, we are there to service you. We are in a service industry. Um, saying thank you though, it really does. It really does work. It really (laughs) does make a difference. Yeah. And, and don't, with such a thoughtful question, I doubt that she thinks this way, but don't think that the librarian works for you. They're working to help you. And there is a difference in the way that people treat people who serve them. Um, I would say return your books on time, but they'll just be renewed. So that's fine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, I think think, uh, with librarians, it's like with human interactions, kindness. I am a human being, just like you're a human being. Um, And we've got so much more going on in our lives than what we're talking about right now. Um, I love the question. And I'm sorry if that came, the, the answer was a little broad, but. No, that's great. No, I think that's great. And I also love one of the main things I've taken away today is the idea that essentially participating in the library by checking books out supports it because it gets funding from circulation numbers. Yeah. And I, I had never really thought about that before. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, we are so much more than books, but I'm going to use the word quantifiable again, because it, it, it can be used here. CIRCS is a quantifiable thing that you can take to your board and say, look, this many things are being checked out. Um, and, and people coming in and just browsing, gr- fantastic. That is wonderful. Um, but you can't really uh, say, other sure. than gate count. Gate count is also sometimes sometimes um, counted. Um, just how many people are darkening your door. But yes, yeah, circulations only help your library. Cool. Okay, well, Jesse, this was really, really fun and really yeah. informative. Yay. Which libraries are fun and informative. <laughs> so this made sense. <laughs> I've been jabbering for an hour and a half. I'm sorry, guys, but I could I could do this for another hour and a half. It, no, it this is, is where we enjoyed it. it. It was good. It is a passion. And we asked, yeah, you were just answering our questions. This was great. <laughs> so listeners, hope you enjoyed this. 
Hope you learned something new, like all of us did too. Love for you to go into the Facebook group and let us know maybe some things you learned. Maybe this sparked more questions. So put them in the post for this episode. Okay. Well, thank you again, Jesse. We're so happy you were here. And until next time, I'm Trisha. I'm Amanda. I'm Elizabeth. And happy library visiting. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this, subscribe to Book Fair Podcast. Join our private Facebook group. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram or email us at chat at bookfairpodcast.com. And you can help us continue to grow. Share an episode with a friend, mention us on social media, and leave a review in your podcast app. We'll see you next Tuesday.